If otherwise merciful women could cook their own children, based on Psukim from Eicha, which is composed by Rabbi Lazar Kalir, and the Pasuk in Eicha, Bin Tocham and Nashim Kiryam, follows up in Yehareg Vimikdash Hashem Kohen Nabi. One could be slaughtered in the Mikdash of Hashem, a Kohen and a Navi. This kina was written in response to the cold-blooded murder of Zechariah ben Yehoyada HaKohen. Not to be mistaken with Zechariah from Treyasar, whose Nebuah we are still awaiting. And Yirmiya puts these two together. You want to know what we're mourning? I don't know how to mourn over a building, a structure. And Tzokhan Anushim discusses people, the loss of life, in the most grotesque and disgusting ways. In Tagozna Pas Rosham, a woman's hair tied to horses as they run. The recorded conversations between women, let's cook our slaughtered children so that we have something to eat. My grandfather actually saw that in the Holocaust. That a person would actually cut the flesh off another person so that he has something to eat. How people have become reduced to animals. If, if it wasn't real, you would think it's a joke. If you could just read the words of the Kina, 
principle of Avodah Yes, but to read the words on the English side, see what's being described. If you could only actually envision it in real life, you would vomit. What does it mean to mourn a Kohen and Nabi? Why was Zechariah ben Yeriyada killed? So in the, in the times of the Malachim, Melech Yerosh, he had otherwise a pretty decent career as a Melech, and he owed his life to Yehoyada HaKohen, who had spared him from Atalia, who tried to wipe out every vestige of their family so that she could take the throne. And she killed out every single person from her family that she could find. Yehoyada spared Yoash. And as long as Yehoyada was alive, Yoash was pretty decent Melech. He wanted to make renovations in the base of Migdash. And when it wasn't done properly, he was upset on behalf of Akash Baruch Hu. So then what happened? So Yehoyada eventually passed away. His son Zechariah was the ruling Navi. Should have been the ruling Navi. He was the Navi. So when Avodazar started to creep back in, and Zechariah was warning Klaus that you will not be successful in whatever your endeavor is, you will not be successful if you're doing this against Rosan Hashem. And of course, the people didn't want to hear it. And eventually, Yehovah didn't want to hear it. And seemingly, on the dime, he, he, he flipped. And Yehovah authorized the stoning of Zechariah in the basin of death. Have a Nabi, to have a Kodesh, as the Rav already mentioned, to not have that. We'd like to believe that would be different. We'd like to believe that we want to know what the MS is, what the Ratzon Hashem is. Hashem tells us what we should be doing. And yet sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes it's, Rabbi, don't tell me something that should make me make a change in my life. To have a Kohen, someone who can guarantee that we get more than just a Gishnak out of our davening, out of, a, out of, out of, out of an Avodah, someone who can guarantee Kapara, we don't have that anymore. We have the screenplay of, of Avodah and the Vesemigdash, but we don't walk out knowing what's going to be. We do not know that in Eretz Yisrael this year, in just the year 2023, that we lose 28 men, women, and children. And yet the Gemara and Gittin describes why exactly does it happen. Gittin and Zion, for those who are holding the staff, Yomi, you saw the staff not too long ago, when the Gemara describes Nebuzar Adam's encounter with the dam of Zechariah Cohen. After slaughtering hundreds of thousands of B'nai Yisrael, and the dam dripped all the way to the Beis HaMikdash, where the blood of Zechariah was still bubbling, boiling. 
Because our Adam wants to know, why isn't the blood stopping? Why is it still bubbling? Whose blood is this? And the Kohanim told them, this is the dam of our, our Zebach, our carbon, of Zechariah. And the Buzar Adam wanted to stop that dam from bubbling. In a very strange Gemara, which we can barely understand, the Buzar Adam says, okay, it seems that this dam needs to be avenged. In fact, in Divrei Hayamim, Divrei Hayamim Beis, Tarek when the murder of Zechariah is described, it says right there, Yere Hashem Yirosh, that when Zechariah was being killed, not on his own behalf, he said, Yere Hashem Yirosh, Hashem is going to see, and he's going to be Doresh, he's going to search out to take vengeance for this dam that's spilled, a Kohen and a Novi Hashem. So Nebuchadnezzar says, okay, what has to be done? You know what, I'll kill some more Jews. Members of the Sanhedrin slaughters them, and the dam continued to boil. He grabs Kohanim, slaughters them. The dam did not stop bubbling. He says, Nebuchadnezzar, okay. Maybe if I slaughter Bachur Muvsulos of Klai Yisrael, maybe the dam will stop bubbling then. And he slaughters young men and women who have never even had the chance to be married. And the dam continued to boil. And the Wizard Adam says, Tinokos shall base Rabbah. School children. He slaughters school children in front of their parents. And the dam continued to boil. And the Buzzard then asks, What do you want me to do? You want me to kill out all of Klaisram? Is that what needs to happen now? Who else needs to die? And then the blood stops. Twenty-eight men, women, and children. A newly wedded chassan, Alter Shlomo Lederman. Two young boys, not older than seven or eight years old. Yaakov Yisrael Peli. Hashem Yikom Damo. His life was ended on impact. And Palestinian scum of the earth came, Yimachshma Vizichro. His brother, Asher Menachem Peli, Hashem Yikom Damo. He died later of his injuries in the hospital. Tinoko still be stopping. They were not older than six and eight years old. Why does this have to keep on happening? Nikina tells us that we have to stop looking at the tragedies that we experience as isolated tragedies, not to look at them as, oh, well, you know, well, what has Hashem done to us? Why the dam of Zechariah continued to boil is because maybe we did not appreciate the tragedy of Ratzon Hashem through the mouth of the Nabi being stripped from us. 
a Kohen who's able to guarantee a Kapara in the Beis HaMikdash? We didn't appreciate that. So Hashem continues to give us tragedies. What maybe will we respond to? Will it be the slaughter of Bukhur Mugsulos? Tinoko Shalbeis Ravan. So the Kina finishes at the very end. The Ruach HaKodesh Lamulamarin. And the Ruach HaKodesh is going to rage back at us. Hoyal Koloshkenai Haroin. Woe is to you, the wicked neighbors. Mashik Ramodin. That which supposedly they believe happens to them. The tragedies that we suffer, that befall us, we make that known. But what about the ones that we commit, the ones that we facilitate ourselves? Lo modi, we do not make that known. If a woman could consume her own children, that will make her, that will say, Oi, Nebuch. Were we not moved when a Kohen and a Navi were slaughtered in the base of Mikdash? Are we not moved when Ratzon Hashem is being violated before our eyes? Someone speaking Lashon Hara, someone talking in Shul. Are we not moved? Then what will move us? Asks this Kina. What will get our attention?
speaking of your test, we begin perhaps a little bit of a different perspective. Lamaisa, we are sitting back here again. Maybe it feels like deja vu, like maybe we've been here before. Maybe it feels like in our Avodah Hashem we're just running circles. Because this is not, again, the first time that we're sitting here. Or wherever it is that we are sitting. On Tishabov, trying to figure out why these things keep on happening. If you feel a certain numbness in your Avodah Hashem, because you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing, perhaps that's appropriate. If you're feeling maybe frustration, if we could say such a thing, for what we're going through, perhaps to an extent that's appropriate. But Kino Yates again gives us a different perspective. This kino is a kino of, on one hand, a sidokadin. We can look at what happens in Eretz Yisrael. We can look around us and see the tragedies. And somehow, other the words, that Hashem with you is innocence, you have been straight, you have been consistent, you have done your part. To us is the busha, the embarrassment. On the one hand, it's Sido Kadin, and perhaps on the other hand, confession. You didn't know better, you, you might have said that this is a slicha. You might have said that we're beginning a process of teshuva. And on the one hand, it doesn't seem exactly like what we would think of as the Ikra Voda of the day. Right? When, we, when we begin Chodesh Elul, we are in what are called Yemei Ratzon, days of opportunity, days of favor, days of Kirub, that closeness to Kadesh Baruch that the Rav referenced earlier. Days where we assume HaMelech Vasodeh, that the Melech is in the field waiting for our Teshuva. We read in the Haftarah, Yeshu Hashem Matzao, that we should search out Hashem when he's close. As I'll say that this is the Aserasimei Teshuva, days of Teshuva. That's when Hashem is close. That's when we approach Yom Kippur with a simcha at the notion of Mechila Savonos, that Hashem will forgive us for what we've done. That's where we think, that's where we assume, that's where we find Teshuvah. Because after all, right now, Teshuvah is not a day of an ace ratzon for Tefillah. The Shari Tefillah has been closed on us. It's a day of rejection, a day where maybe we come to Shul and Zabin, not because we think today our Tefillah is necessarily any stronger or any more efficacious, more effective, but because we have to. But the 
truth is there are actually two elements to Tishabov. Rabbi Yonason Sachs points out that on the one hand, there's one element of Tishabov, the element of Tainus, and on the other hand, there's the element of Avelos. There isn't another day on our calendar where we put the two together, where we have a Tainus that also comes with the Nihugim of Avelos, and on the flip side of Avelos, that somehow stemming from that Avelos is a Chi of Tainus. The, the aspect of our not having that closeness to Hashem, that is a result of the Avelis that we experience today. Mm. But the aspect of Tainus, the Beferish Rambam, Rambam in Hokus Tainus, Tarek Hamishi, in the first three halachas, Rambam describes that what is the purpose of a Tainus? The purpose of a Tainus is Kedela Oberes Lavavos, to awaken our hearts. To somehow open the pathways of Teshuvah. So, what is the nature then of Teshuvah on Tishabah? Not an Esratzon. No guarantee of Mechila Savonos. Presumable guarantee of rejection. A day where we do not assume that that which we have done wrong is going to be forgiven. Because why should we? Why do we deserve it? So what does Teshuvah look like today? Perhaps elements of vidui upon realizing what we have broken. We do Teshuvah on Teshuvah not because of the opportune time, but out of the desperation, out of realization of what we have broken. Not with, not with song, not with an uplifting davening, but literally just sitting there, sitting there and engaging in the cheshvan nefesh. As the Pasuk in Eicha says, Nach v'sadarachenu, v'nach korah, that we should invest our, investigate our ways. Then we'll return to you. We say these words every week, twice a week in the long Tachna. We have to sit here and figure out what it is. What is the avoda of a Yid in South Florida in Beis Medrashei Cholatoga? A special place where we like to believe we value Torah, we value Ratzon Hashem, the Shiurim happening, the attendance of the Shiurim. On any given day, you can hear the Kol Torah and the Kol Tefillah. So what, what does Hashem want from us? Uh, are only people that are Tzomchim, people that are growing? Are we, aren't we Mavakshim? We're trying to search, we want to know what it is trying to serve as a beacon of light to the entire extended community. But to think for a second that we are going to be off the hook, when Noah wasn't off the hook just for being the firmest person in the world.
we are not a separate entity from the entirety of Kuala Yisrael. And when we are experiencing the tragedies that we mourn on Tishabov, we think for a second, Eicha, how can this happen to us? And at every, at every wailing of Eicha, there is a counterattack of Ayaka, as the measure said. Ayaka, where have you gone? Ayaka, to what extent is each and every one of us culpable and accountable to the Tsaris of Kuala Yisrael? No, no, no one in this room got into a car and rammed two boys in Eretz Yisrael. None of us did that. Or did we? So to what extent is every Yachid Yisrael accountable for what we go through? That's the perspective that we have when we <coughs> encounter really all tragedies. But today we have to ask ourselves the question of Ayeka and to be able to admit Thank you. 